0: folks welcome back to another episode of the texas signal signal cast i'm your host joe desatel and i'm here with my co-host jessica montalia coggins hello jessica hey joe and uh, for folks who watch this regularly i just want to say like this will be my last episode for at least i don't know maybe four or five six weeks um my wife is expecting um, in sometime February. Uh, actually, our due date is the first day of early voting. So
1: so, so fitting for your political family. I
0: mean, you know, we can't get away from it. It is like I, I like to tell people I was born into politics uh, because my dad ran for city council the year I was born. But if my child is born on the first day of early voting, that's take it to like a whole nother level. So uh, so, yeah, it's, it's pretty fitting. We're really excited. But um, you know, I'll be tied up with with him burping and feeding and changing diapers. <laughs> so um so we'll, yeah, that, we'll uh,
1: hold down the four. You've got some really important things to be be taken care of. So yeah, well, we're we're very, very excited for you and Stella
0: Thank you. I appreciate that very much. And uh so uh so yeah, folks, of course you know Jessica also has her own podcast. Um text mix and so look out for that as well uh while we're gone uh but anyways a lot of other really cool and exciting things happening um at the signal you you you're going to be um uh, moderating a debate of the attorney general candidates which is really one of the premier uh primary uh, races statewide uh on either side of the ballot
1: Yes. Um, so I'm co-moderating uh, with Gromer Jeffers from the Dallas Morning News, and we're going to be at the Texas AFL-CIO, their virtual conference. Uh, it was supposed to be all in person, and then obviously sort of with, with Omicron, it, it kind of went virtual. Uh, so yeah, I'm finalizing these questions. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I think that, uh, well, for starters, it is it's great that we have three candidates uh, who are not indicted for any any fellow. So right off the bat, you know, they've got yeah. the it go That's a good start. Um, but yeah, I, I'm excited for that. And uh so that'll be Thursday, January 20th, and we'll be live streaming at 130.
0: That's that's awesome. I mean, what a great opportunity for for you and the signal to get in front of uh really what would be normally a core audience for us of, of labor folks. Um but also top tier statewide candidates and uh, in their campaigns. Um, And so, yeah, you know, that's going to be awesome. I will be watching. Uh, So, yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about this week's politics. And, you know, it's really two things that stand out the most. It's the uh, the total debacle on the border of the uh, Operation Lone Star, which was essentially a, a, a campaign ploy from Greg Abbott to look strong and tough while he's in this primary um and then basically omicron as you've already kind of mentioned is is changing things making things happen um and so uh there's been a lot of uh dichotomy of response from the governor on omicron um uh, trying to basically have it both ways and appear to Republicans as like, you know, we are never, you know, we're not going to promote and, and or enforce vaccines or mass, but on the other hand, begging for federal help from Biden. Um, and in a weird sort of way, it all came, it all is kind of coming together on the border, uh, because a very high percentage of our National Guard who's sitting down there are unvaccinated. Um, and the border is where we are seeing um, him specifically ask for more testing sites to go down there on the border. So um, it's, it's a huge mess. Um, but let's talk about Operation Lone Star a little bit. So this was essentially from Abbott's point of view uh, perspective, the response to uh, what we saw last year is somewhat of a surge on the border. Uh migrants. And so he is basically, while they build the wall, want to have a operational force of National Guards, uh, men and women there. But for most people, they probably know that the National Guard is normally, they're only activated for emergency cases and for very short periods of time. And this is like an indefinite sort of situation. Well, I guess we know when the primary ends, right? So who knows they things could change. Uh, But what are, what are sort of your thoughts around what's actually going on or what are you hearing? Sure.
1: Um, So, you know, a couple weeks ago I came across a story from David Wilkie. This was in the army times and I I know we've talked about it here, um, but he has been very dogged in the reporting about this uh, really sort of showing a very harrowing situation there. This first story that he did sort of opens up with, an anonymous letter that was left in barracks, basically decrying the conditions there. And then David sort of goes through what what is happening. As you know, many states, many red states really sent down their own guard troops down to the border. Um, There's been sort of like those coordinated press conferences with Republican governors talking about this. Um, But right now, I mean, there's huge amounts of alcohol and drug abuse that's been going on. Uh, There's been several suicides that have happened. There are problems in uh, a lack of tuition downgrades, things just not not doing well. And so for Abbott, you know, this has been like his cornerstone of the reelection of, you know, we have this border security that we've we've implemented. And the cost of doing that, I mean, there's been human lives that have been lost to this. And, um, you know, David also mentioned, uh, uh, we talked about COVID-19, there was a member who contracted COVID, he essentially died alone in his hotel room, they couldn't get him to a hospital. I mean, and and I think, I don't know if you've seen, but, you know, Beto O'Rourke also really has been hammering Abbott on this, and Abbott's response has been incredibly callous, you know, basically saying, stop playing politics with this, when he is, in fact, the person who played politics, and this is the consequence.
0: Yeah, it's politics, with no reasoning. it's happening at all, Um, and yeah, you mentioned that there's been at least four suicides. Uh, There was one suicide attempt where um, a a member survived, uh, fortunately, and they were able to get them Uh, help, but there's been issues with payment. Uh, You mentioned the school, uh, you know, education funding, but also just their paychecks uh, and then their living conditions and things like that and not knowing, you know, having a real uh, objective, uh, and, and seeing an end date to, to that these people are stationed and away from their families. And like I said, typically when you go into the national guard, cause I remember when the recruiter came, when I was in high school, they basically promoted us, look, you're getting an extra paycheck. You only have to give up your weekends you know, you come uh, train and and just stay basically ready for uh, an emergency, you know, something like the, uh, the winter storm in Missouri, that's would be an appropriate time to use the National Guard to come in make sure if there are people in their homes who are you know, burning things that they shouldn't be, um, you know, or freezing to death and things like that and have having eaten or drinking water in a few days. Those are the things that our National Guard are supposed to be activated for. And here we are coming up on the anniversary of that uh, that winter storm. And we have all these National Guards just just the morale is so low. They're just sitting there on the border, not really feeling like that they're being used for the right reason. And that's all. And, and so, you know, you mentioned the Army Times. Uh, there was another article uh, in the Military Times uh, yesterday. Uh, it was actually an op ed by State Representative uh, Alex Dominguez from the border area. And basically in it, he outlines these same issues and then uh, talks about how he sent three different letters to state government agencies uh, one being directly to Governor Abbott uh, one being to the Texas military department and the other being to Matt Krauss, uh, who's a state representative but is over the house investigations arm uh, for the state legislature, which he is a part. So you know he he's trying to do his part to represent his district and and, and those uh, members who live down there and and this is happening in his district so, you know, I mean, we'll, this should
1: this should be exactly what you know. Kraus oversees the House Investigations Committee. Uh, if y'all recognize that name, we've talked about him before. This is the guy who uh, he had been actually running for Attorney General. He dropped out. He's he's now running for Tarrant County District Attorney. But in the meantime, he is still the head of this uh, uh, this committee. Uh, so he is actually the one who has been overseeing uh, the library. Uh, sort of purges of, of our critical race theory books. Um, So, but you just think about like all the time that that has spent and how this could have actually gone to looking at what is happening at the border with project Lone Star. Um, And it's just these priorities that Republicans have, they always talk about, Oh, we're for border security. We're for the troops and every, every which way they never are
0: that's absolutely right I mean yeah these if you cared about them you'd have them home with their families over the holidays and that's not what they did and it's just like you know you bring up that Matt yeah Matt Krause is choosing to investigate libraries and public schools um and not library for, like
1: book but you know the books, books within books yeah. you know that by Ruby Bridges or um you know Toni Morrison that's 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 what we're, we're paying attention to not not something like this
0: yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty awful. Um, and so, you know, while that's going on, and, and, I, and, and I, I agree with you, like, it's really fortunate to have Beto out there, um, raising this issue. Uh, you know, he is not from uh, South Texas, per se, but he is from a border community, El Paso. Mm-hmm um and so you know this is just sort of how the border has been exploited and that's how he's kind of been talking about it is like look I'm from the border we're used to the being politicized uh but this has got to stop um he's exactly right um and so I think that he is uh being I think it's being effective because you know I'm looking at the comms coming out of Abbott's uh, you know, shop. And normally these guys would much rather just completely ignore any criticism. Uh, but the fact that they're basically responding um, uh, to Beto's criticism by just attacking Beto on the border on immigration and things like that just shows that it, it really is affecting him. It really is getting to him personally and probably to his campaign. Uh, and we've seen him essentially completely ignore his Republican primary opponents. So it's very clear to him, uh, you know, he would be doing the same to Beto if he thought that he could get away with it. And so I think Beto's raising the temperature and raising the volume on this issue. And I think he'll continue to uh, the other one, of course, being Winterstorm storm Uri. I think we're going to see probably more in the coming days of him talking more about that as we get closer to that. Um, and um
1: I mean, it's still very traumatizing. We had a couple of days here where it went under 30 and you're just kind of like, I, yeah. I remember I brought out my generators, I brought out my like weighted blankets so I was like, all right, you're not going to fool me again this time, Power Grid. No but kidding. I mean, that, it, but yeah. it's, I mean, no, nobody should, you should not be, this is not how. Uh, no, it's totally to it triggering.
0: Matter. I mean, like, we should be billing Greg Abbott for our anxiety medication, like <laughs> at this point, like, you know, this is what we're all you know, we, we check the weather and, and you know, it's been so crazy, like, it's been super mild so far. I mean, it's like 75 today, but it's going to be in the 30s and 40s in the next two days. So it's just you know, these huge swings, you know, uh, are, are what actually has me troubled, uh, because are they going to get caught off guard, right? Like one day, it's 70. And then two days later, it's in the 20s. And it really has been doing that. And, um, and so I, I'm, I'm, that's exactly I, I feel the anxiety, I'm looking at the 10 day forecast, like I've never done in my entire life, uh, to make sure I don't get caught off guard. Because if we have to put on our mask and go to the you know, H-E-B or whatever grocery store and get water and get supplies. Like, you know, we got to think, we just got to be a little better prepared. And mm-hmm. uh, and it's sad, you know, uh, and what's supposed to be like the richest country in the world and really the richest state and the richest country. And
1: yeah, the, and the biggest energy providers. Yeah, so it's po- such but. a joke.
0: And he's turned this all into such a joke uh, that it's hard to even take our government seriously. And uh, that I have since the storm last year, uh, and, and especially towards the fall of this year preparing for winter have seen so many ads for generators and solar power like get off the grid and they all talk about the failures of this of the government and they're not even doing it because they're anti abbit or they're anti-government they're doing it because they know that's the message that will resonate with people because that's how people felt and that's pretty wild right it almost like as a democrat and the progressive i mean i see these and i feel like man these were like commercials for like against greg these are like you know basically just saying hey your government sucks like uh you can't rely on them so (laughs) so you need to be off the grid um you know and of course the other big area where we have not been able to rely on greg abbott and our government is with the vaccines uh with the with the handling of the pandemic Um, And so we're supposedly and I think you might have mentioned this before, but um, we're supposed to be getting the peak uh, this month for Omicron. So maybe in the next week or so, because it is I mean, it's spiked. Right. And so, you know, with with it being, um, you know, much more easily transmissible, hopefully uh, we start to see these numbers go down hospitalizations are up hospitalizations are very high right now
1: it's it's very scary i um you know my grandfather he contracted pneumonia and it was not covid related but he had to go to the emergency room yesterday and they were able to take him but Mm. he was it took several hours for them to be able to find a room for him at that hospital this is a very large hospital north dallas uh actually just north of dallas uh, plano um but and, and I, and it's only, you know, they, it's very strict. There's only one sort of family member that's allowed there at a time, but the, the hospital, it is, it is taxed. They have a wing now that is sort of the COVID wing. Now, again, you know, grandfather was very lucky. He was able to get to the ER, but that's a nice hospital that they specifically went to that hospital. Mm-hmm. If you were maybe in an ambulance, you broke your leg, you were in a car accident. You know, those are the type of scary things where you, sh- you know, everyone should should be able to get treatment. And we're kind of at that point now, where in many places, and not just in the cities, in many rural areas, um, they are out of they are out of space.
0: Yeah, I mean, and and in some ways, this these the rural areas are what's keeping Abbott afloat, which is so mind blowing um, that these folks continue to come out and support somebody who is taking resources away from them, taking money away from their hospital systems and closing down their hospitals and and um, even their schools, school districts suffering. Uh, so, 70
1: counties in Texas no longer have a hospital in their in their region. Um, you know, that was something that Beto's really brought up is how much rural health care has deteriorated. And like, obviously, you know, not expanding Medicaid that was, that's been hugely detrimental to the state.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, Stella made a a joke uh, a a few weeks ago about, um, you know, with Winter Storm Uri anniversary coming up again, uh, that like, she's due around that exact time, right? And she was like, well, at least, you know, I'll be in the hospital, and I know the power won't go out. But then like you telling me this story about your grandfather is just like, well, will we be able to get in the hospital? Like, you know, it's like, you think that's the safe place to be, but there might not even be room for us, like the way things are going with Omicron. And so it's just like, what a disaster. It's just a compounding of disasters, one on top of the other.
1: And it's also just things that were very preventable where, you know, we're not asking folks to you know, I've, see, I've seen this news work around. You're not storming Normandy at this point. People are just asking you to get a vaccine, to wear a mask, and to just practice caution. And, you know, that, that, is, that has not been heated.
0: It really is the simple things, you know? Um, we should start, like, the good guy with a mask, uh, you know, theory or whatever.
1: You know, I did, so the Supreme Court, we're uh, recording this on a Thursday, uh, the Supreme Court did, unfortunately, uh, they uh, blocked by uh, the Biden administration's, uh, vaccine and testing mandate for companies over a hundred with over a hundred employees. They did, however, keep, uh, the same provision for healthcare workers. Um, so that's about kind of what I kind of expected. Um, just that's
0: a little weird to me though, because that's like, they recognize that, it, you know, maybe, maybe people who work in, in, in healthcare, like, they should probably be vaccinated and tested. We want to make sure they are because we need them safe for all the major employers out there who are now not going to have to yeah. vaccine. So we need our healthy work, our health workers to be healthy. Uh, but everybody else, you know, just yeah. You know, I actually, I,
1: I actually listened to the arguments. That I have no idea why. And well, first off, if this had been up to Thomas and Alito, they would just get rid of OSHA. <laughs> so and right, like the entire the labor department. Um, but. Uh, um, I I kind I, I could just tell that there was a lot of hostility towards this. Uh, they don't want to force you to get a vaccine, but they do want to force a woman to you know, carry, a, carry a, a, a baby to, to term uh, against her will. Um, but uh, um, so that that is, you know unfortunate. but I mean, there's things that i think that you know places could be doing i saw there was a province in canada where they were requiring the vaccine cards i think for um i think for like liquor stores (laughs) Um, so it's like you know that that's that's a creative thing to do um but uh so that might you know
0: liquor stores yeah it's probably a pretty good one um yeah. Cause I mean, if you're in the situation where you don't really care about anything else outside the, in the world, that might be a place you might find somebody, <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, but you can't just go, go sit in your corner and drink uh, to forget everything. You're, you're still going to have to participate in society here a little bit. Um, but so, you know, we're, we're ramping up primaries are pretty much in full swing at this point. Um, and, you know, a lot of people probably are aware folks out there that the uh, party chairs, the local leaders of the party are elected on the ballot uh, in each county. Uh, what they may not be aware is that the state party chair is actually elected by the party members uh, at the state convention.
1: Yeah I was that, not aware of this so Joe had to tell me about this. <laughs> okay
0: so yeah this is the, that's the process uh, Delegates uh, will will vote uh, to, to who's essentially they want to lead uh, the party at the state level. For the last, I don't know, man, uh, many years, actually, I don't know if it's quite 10 yet, but Gilberto Hinojosa, uh, uh, who's a former judge in South Texas, uh, has been um, the chair for the state party, and he is running for re-election, but he has two challengers, Kim Olson, who uh, we've probably had on this show, I would imagine, before, because she's been a statewide candidate, and she's also run for Congress, and um, And then there is another candidate, uh, Carol Robinson, who is a professor in Houston, Texas, I think at uh, Texas Southern University. Um, And he has been very active in party politics and specifically in the African-American community. Uh, So it'll be, that's a diverse set of of folks uh, who will be coming at it and, and have different uh, takes, uh, and visions for the party. And so of course here at signal, we will be giving them those platforms to be able to talk about that. Um, and, uh, and we'll be reaching out to them and trying to get their vision for the party moving forward. Um, and possibly maybe we can get you Jessica to moderate a debate mm-hmm. between all three of them. That would be, that would be a lot of fun. I think, I think we definitely would get some eyeballs on that. Um, very interesting. Um, so
1: just that's my questions although i don't think they would be that applicable but you know well probably
0: it could be some some of them but yeah i think i think that there's some um You know, at the at the very least, I think it's it'd be really great to just hear the competing visions for the for the party overall, you know, we we keep making. I mean, a
1: lot of people have a lot of questions, Uh, you know, after 2020 we, you know, we we went through many the quote unquote autopsies of what occurred throughout the state a lot of folks want to want to know what's going on. We've, you know, we've, we've been talking about Beto O'Rourke. We've talked about this upcoming attorney general's debate. You know, we've got a lot of opportunities to sort of break through statewide, something Democrats haven't done in 25 years. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's we're coming up on, on, on a while here. Um, and, uh, you know, this is, uh, so I think that, yeah, folks would be really interested in this.
0: Yeah. So, well, you heard that folks, uh, keep it here, uh, tuned in at texassignal.com. And And we really appreciate uh, you following us, um, here and keeping up with all the breaking news that's going on in Texas. We certainly try to do our best to keep you informed um so make sure to join the conversation at texas signal on all the social media channels tiktok instagram uh, facebook and twitter uh and of course listen to the podcast anywhere you get podcasts we certainly appreciate that and if you are so inclined to become a patreon we definitely appreciate that we've actually seen our numbers going up over the last few weeks People just, you know, pitching in in small dollar amounts every month, but believe me, it adds up so that we can continue to do this. This is a unique platform and opportunity that we have in Texas, and we definitely want to keep it going, especially in such an important year. Every year, it gets more important in the state. So, um, with that, um, i guess i'll see you not uh after the voting happens <laughs> we'll yeah we're very
1: we're about. very excited to welcome our new member of the texas signal family so yeah. we'll we'll uh we'll, they'll have to make an appearance
0: yeah oh yeah there'll be one the great <laughs> reveal all right we'll later folks thanks again and we'll talk to you soon
1: bye guys